Welcome to episode 29 of MADE, the podcast about purpose-driven design, making, and manufacturing. Today we're going to talk the year in review. Let's continue the conversation. Welcome back to MADE, everyone. With me, as always, is Ray Peña. How are you doing? Claudia Bergen. Hello. And I am Jose Valcarzo. And, uh, and we're back. We've, uh, we've been away for a little bit because of the holidays getting underway and whatnot. So this is episode 29. I think we've been away about a month. But uh, we're back to an every week's schedule. Or at least we're going to try. <laughs> but uh, how's everybody been knowing, saying that is? Knowing that I already know how you've been, but <laughs> how have you guys been? We've already had the conversation. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Good. You guys? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm tired. Tired. Well, the, the cats have, are growing up, but they're still just as mischievous. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. they are kittens. Yeah. Um, what do you guys do for the holiday? And I say that as a veiled attempt to, because I have a story of what we did for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, me, not much. I stayed I stayed uh, at home and in the shop no, okay. tinkering. Yeah you, yeah, you were saying you had to do some working, some, some deadlines and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When all the guys are off, I still need to get the jobs out, so I, I usually stay in the shop and finish mm-hmm. things up. Nice. Yeah, cool. Well, that kind of sucks, but yeah, I, I had that week off between the holidays. But, uh, but, but yeah, the funny part for us for, for the the Christmas holiday is that uh, we ended up in we ended up basically crashing a friend's family Christmas party. It wasn't even a Christmas party. You know how families and, and you know this happens all in Latin families. They all get together as a family, Latino family, like a Latino family. They all get together and and they're just hanging out. And then at midnight they open up their gifts with each other. But it's all family. Yeah. Okay. So we we got together with another friend we were playing darts or whatever in the afternoon and this friend of ours sends me things like oh we're you know my family or we're having this party we're gonna be here till min we're gonna be here till past midnight and we were like oh okay. Lots of food and drink yeah so we were like okay well you know we weren't planning on going anywhere for the, for the 24th we were like yeah we'll, we'll go that, that'd be kind of cool we figured it was like a house party you know we're gonna be like whatever 40 people just sort of partying and music or whatever <laughs> we get there and it's literally him his mom and like his cousin and his cousin's family. So there were like eight people. They were all family. And we ended up leaving there with gifts. They, they ended up giving us Christmas gifts and stuff. It was just. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just bizarre because we, we, we just were not expecting that. We ended up crashing a family Christmas gathering, basically. Mm hmm. So, yeah, just by accident. Yeah, it, it was fun. It was it was definitely yeah. different. It was yeah. Yeah, it was like they were also they also happened to be from Peru, which is where I was born, and uh, you know I don't go to I don't go to Florida for the holidays anymore because I hate Florida. Um, <laughs> but it was funny just to end up in sort of a similar family gathering that my family was probably having, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, was. but other than that, I mean, Jose basically spent his week his his. Um, your vacation week, yeah, holiday week, making stuff. I did. I was working on a lot of things, finishing projects, projects, finishing some projects. I redid uh, the the out 
outro for my YouTube videos. So it's nice and fresh and customizable now. It's just something I wanted to do. So, yeah, just working on stuff. Yeah. And not much relaxing. So. <laughs> but yeah, okay, cool. So, yeah. we, being back, we figured we would do a year in review for the past year, right? So, we're going to talk about a little bit of what we enjoyed from the past year. We're going to talk about products of the week. We're going to talk about main topics and news stories from the from the past year. Um, the first year of the show, which is interesting. You know, so. yeah. yeah. And I think by reviewing what we did in the past, we're also talk about like you know what we enjoyed talking about mm -hmm. uh, the most and what we'll probably be doing more of in this upcoming year so it's a it's a really great time to sit back reflect and yeah. chat yeah. or you know conversely if our listeners uh tell us otherwise we could uh, also do less of mm -hmm. yes if yeah if there's something they don't like we can do less of that yeah, <laughs> yeah. not just necessarily more but yeah, and I think that'd be great to hear from some people that say, oh yeah, you know, I really enjoyed this episode. Or I think when Claudia and I were looking at it, like I think one of the things you were saying is that we, as the year progressed, the design part of it wasn't as prominent as it should be potentially, so maybe we do more of that, you know. I know at the beginning of the year we talked a lot of architecture stuff, and I always have a hard time because I'm like, okay, I, I enjoy architecture, and I know that the three of us do because we all went to architecture school, but I always worry about putting too much of that in because maybe some people don't. You know, so mm -hmm. yeah. So any feedback is also helpful mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. So why don't we just get right to it and let's talk about our favorite things from the show for the past year? All right. All right. All right. So let's uh, get right to our main topic now, which we're going to be doing the year in review for for 2016 basically um, I figured we would talk about sort of like some of our favorite news stories or favorite topics favorite product of the weeks and some of our favorite projects from the past year and uh, you know just sort of review the year <laughs> you know kind of like how yeah we well it's our first year exactly the first year we we only did half a year because we started halfway through the year um, yeah so I think it, I think it'd be good and that way people can check out some of the previous episodes as well you know, if you're just listening to this for the first time, you can go back and see some of the other topics. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I figured we'd go back and forth. Who, who wants to go first with your favorite news story from the past year? Um, uh, uh, either one. If you want, I can go. Yeah, please. So, uh, yeah, we had, you know, uh, I think, what, 28 episodes. So we had quite a few news stories, even though we, we, we missed a few. Well, um, we also think, did a few episodes that was all news too, so I think that that's kind of true. Makes yep. up, you know? yeah. Hmm. So I think that I mean I liked I liked a lot of them, but if I had to put my finger on one, uh, I think the my favorite would be the IKEA hackers mm -hmm. uh, episode. At, uh, mm -hmm. I believe that was episode twelve. Yeah. Um, and it was something that we kind of had talked about doing just as a project, and it turns out that people that this is a thing that people are doing, and I mm -hmm. didn't realize that it was a, an actual thing. And someone had written an article on it, and I thought it was quite interesting that people have, have taken to it. And um, uh, we ended up putting up quite a uh, – we put up a link on them. They had quite a few very beautiful and well-designed projects using IKEA components in in a way that they were not intended to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and the one that comes to mind is the, uh, 
that table that was like a like a four leaf clover made yeah. from the uh, the, the filing mag- boxes. The magazine thing, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So and they used it in a completely unthought uh, of way, and it was just a beautiful design, and it came out beautiful. So uh, you know that everybody seems to know where uh, knows IKEA knows where it is, mm-hmm. and uh, has uh, you know at least look through a catalog or been to a store and you can, you know, all their parts and components are made to be modular. So finding different ways to put them together is not, not difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I, I also like that story back then because it was, we had the first episode of the show had been the IKEA effect, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it tied in right in with it. And it's funny, IKEA sort of ran through the entire year. <laughs> There's been a lot of, Mentions of IKEA throughout the year. Yeah, we talked yeah. about the IKEA bike. Remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah I and did you guys see the more recent one, the IKEA house? I have seen. Yeah. I, well, I, I remember <laughs> seeing it. Is it still the? I, I didn't see that one specifically, but is it the modular house? The or not the modular? It's, the yeah, prefabricated house. Yeah, it's a kit house you put yeah. together. Uh, that's a tough sell, honestly. It is. Um, <laughs> I remember seeing it a, a while back when they were first talking about it, and it, like it could come preloaded with their furniture, even. <laughs> So you oh would, wow! Yeah, you I would, did not see that. You would get the furniture that would come with it to to once you build it, you would put the furniture in or something. But you know what it reminds me of? Like a like a cheap plastic shed. <laughs> that's what it reminds me of, and I'm like, man, I don't know. That's that's gonna be a hard sell, at least in this market. Maybe some other markets might appeal to, but this market yeah. is a tough one. Yeah, I I, um, I think especially in cities, it's gonna be a tough one. I don't. I have like I didn't see that the the current one, but I remember when I first saw it. It almost looked like they were trying to make it look like a shipping container, but it just didn't. It missed the mark on that sense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, but, no, but maybe that, somebody. Yeah, maybe somebody will figure out how to hack it into something better. <laughs> or get multiple ones, I guess, and put them together some way yeah. and really hack 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 it somehow. Yeah, yeah. but I I enjoyed the hacker the IKEA hackers that. Uh, new story as well. Yeah, that was a cool one. It's a good one. What about you, Claudia? You got one? You got um, a new story that you like this year? I, I just like the all new story. Like, I, it's episode 25. Mm-hmm. And um, I like from a, from a behind the scenes perspective, I mm-hmm. liked it because you, like, you have to, you know, you read all the, all of these news and then um, sort of like develop your take on it. What's your take? What's your opinion on mm-hmm. them? And, um, you like you I, like I just, the all news episodes. I like the all news episodes. I think it's they're yeah. pretty cool because then, in hearing our different perspectives mm-hmm. is also really cool. And then, like not knowing, you know, it's like we're like, okay, well, I read it, which you read it. Okay, mm-hmm. let's now let's talk about it on, mm-hmm. um, at, on the podcast. So I really appreciate. I really like that. I think we need to do those at more and more, more of those. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that you know. Well, I mean from a, from. A, programming point of view is somewhat easier because we don't have to come up with a main topic <laughs> but it's also harder because we gotta we gotta put more stories in um so yeah I, i'm all for that I, I i think and it's interesting you say it that way because i think one of the things that we don't you know sort of behind the scenes again that when we first started doing the show we would sort of briefly discuss the news stories amongst ourselves before we started recording mm-hmm. to just sort of get an idea of what takes we each had but we sort of stopped doing that now because we sort of know, okay, well, we're going to have different takes on it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah exactly. It. <laughs> yeah. And I like that we don't discuss it now. We don't discuss it at all. And right. so when we're talking about it, we each get our the other's first impression right. the first time. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember the first few episodes, quite I was like, well, this is going to be my take on it. I hope you guys <laughs> don't mind. <laughs> and like, yeah, we, we don't care. Yeah, it's fine. That's your, that's your opinion. So. Yeah, and the yeah. difference between that is that, you know, there's other, uh, not just podcasts, but other, you know, um, content out there, online and offline even, that is very well curated. Like, it's almost too purposely Mm-hmm. curated and this way like we curated enough to know like what topics we want to talk about because we that's you know those are our areas of interest mm-hmm. and um and also expertise but then you know you just go free from it so I, yeah. I really like this well and yeah. the thing that I've always liked about the news part of it is that I think you know we've des- disagreed before and I think that's fine I, I think a lot of podcasts I listen to there's sometimes too much of the agreeing amongst themselves yeah, you know, yeah. We disagree. We disagree. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I think that that a, a little bit of conflict when we disagree is perfectly fine. Yeah. And uh, I think it's it's actually more interesting than if everybody had the same opinion. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I, and I think it's not good news because people out there have different opinions. So. Oh yeah. 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 Cool. 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 Um, I the one I went back to and. I couldn't, you know, there was so many new stories, but I, I was, actually, I surprised myself that this is the one that I look back on most fondly was the the transparent wood. Yes, you remember the transparent wood one. Yeah, and uh, maybe it's because it's somewhat local here. The University of Maryland is the one that's yes. developing it, so it, it's sort of local to all of us, and it's in the area. It's not like oh, this, you know, this lab in Switzerland is doing it, or it's not yeah. somewhere in the West Coast. It's right here. Um, so yeah, I remember back, and for people that don't know, that, that was episode 8, so it goes back quite a bit, but uh, for people that don't know it, it's the University of Maryland, it's, it's sort of developing a wood that is completely transparent, they had this sort of, I don't want to call it a bleaching process, but it's more of like a, it, it, it's a process where they make the wood completely transparent, so you could almost have like a, a wall of clear wood that you could look out of, you know, and it could be structural, yeah. and you know, it's not quite there yet, but that's sort of where they're moving with it, so. Yeah, I think bleaching is a is a is an accurate description of the process. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the other way you can describe it is stripping it of all the the uh, pigments. The pigments, that, right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite impressive. And, and honestly, when you think about it being wood, um, I, it is surprising. It's not completely transparent. It has some opacity to it. Right. But it is surprisingly uh, It was very clear. You, would, yeah. you wouldn't expect it to be that see-through. Right. It, it, to me, it almost looked like as if it was somebody that use the clear um because you can buy clear um filament for 3d printers i had tried to 3d print wood that it almost uh-huh. looked kind of like that yeah. you know but even clearer actually than what i've seen for for uh for, for things so it was cool and it was still under research and development right? it was it was they're still, oh, yes. they're yeah. still developing it i'm still hopeful that we'll they'll send us a couple of pieces yeah, so I remember I was networking just, you know, like out and about here and I met a couple of engineers from the University of Maryland and I told them about it after like we had done this show and I was like, yeah, do you, do you guys know about the this product that has been developed at, at Maryland? And they were like, no, we don't. And it was interesting because it's like, because we we featured it here, I was able to tell another University of Maryland um, researcher, hey, look, look. Yeah, go, go look into it. Yeah. And if you find out about it, send us a piece. <laughs> Ray, will yeah. make, Ray will make a bowl out of clear wood. We'll figure yes. out something to do here. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that's, the, that, that's the one that I, I look back on. Most funny. Did you have anything else, Claudia? You have a bunch of notes over there. I do. Like, uh, <laughs> as far as news, 
we we went through so many different ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I think some of the ones that I really liked is the educational pieces mm-hmm. as far as news. Like, and and the our take on it is two ways. As I see it, it's always like either something about STEM education, mm-hmm. or it's either uh, architecture mm-hmm. and education. You know, like um, that subject area of schools, uh, libraries. And the design behind those. Mm-hmm. So I remember the Baltimore um, episode. I think it was episode one. No, it's episode. You what? think it was episode one because that was actually oh. the best episode that we all recorded. So it was episode three. So it was episode three yeah. because episode three we weren't able to record, and we yeah. we I, I put that together as an episode. Yeah, but but, it, but, but that was actually the yeah. main topic. That was not a new story. Yeah, but we've we've done it. We've covered the. Different um, architecture, yeah, yeah, education stories. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's the thing that's why we like. I I like to put the the news segment is because sometimes some of the news stories don't make it as news, but we end up making that a full topic. Yes, you know, so like a, yeah, that's a yeah. good way of yeah. Um, the other one that I liked as far as episodes was the one that we did the stories story of cities. Uh, oh yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and the reason I liked it was because we all sort of picked, well, for people, we all picked the city, but we all had sort of this connection to the city. Um, yes. And uh, so I really enjoyed that from the point of view that not only were we able to talk about sort of the problems of the cities and the, the issues that we went through, but it also hurt our own connection with the city that we had. And, you know, I, I, I think it's good for people to think about cities in that way, not just look at it as the place where you live, or, but also to talk about that connection that you have with the city you know? mm-hmm. that was episode mm-hmm. eight for anybody that's interested in listening to it mm-hmm. so so yeah that, that was that was one of my favorite episodes that actually came from a news story that i had seen i had seen that as a news and i was like oh let's make that an episode mm-hmm. so so um moving into the main topics then because that, that, that was sort of my smooth transition there, <laughs> if you guys noticed. Yeah, um, very smooth. How about, how about, Cody, you tell us uh, one of your favorite topics from this past year? Yeah, um, I liked a lot, like the analog design one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty cool. That remind people what that. So the analog design was like, you know, the taken away from the, from the, uh, all of the digital type of tools that we have mm-hmm. at our disposal now and start you know, like thinking back and how drawing makes a big right. difference. And then we featured different products as well. Like there mm-hmm. were, so sometimes the main topics will, um, will speak to the products that we're talking about. And there's a correlation there. There's a relationship there. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah that, and that was a cool one because it, it sort of really drew us back to how we all started, you know, we all started hand drawing in, in, somewhat this industry right you've always been doing stuff with your hands like now you work yeah. with a lot of cnc machines but you know yeah. you always had your shop that was all by hand so yeah yeah you well know. i mean even it's one of those weird things even in the uh my shop that you know we got a lot it's a big shop and we got a lot of computerized equipment and stuff the beginning of every project mm-hmm. still right now even we have all this equipment and technology at our disposal the beginning of every single project begins with pencil and paper Mm-hmm. We, we sit down and we sketch every last uh, thing. Now, it's not in great detail because as you uh, get on the computer and you start drafting or modeling, some of those details uh, 
become obvious, but the basic design of a machine or a component or uh, and, and some parts never actually make it to the computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, if it's a shaft with a few steps in it or a, a simple gear or something like that, a hand sketch is what it takes. It takes five minutes to make a hand sketch, and it goes on the floor and it starts being made. And when you think about it, if I have to draft every single part, well, it'll be an hour or two. And by that time, it's done. And, you know, the part has already been made. <laughs> so <laughs> even even in a shop like ours that has so much technology in it, Mm-hmm. Um, the the pencil and paper still is probably the most powerful uh, tool at our disposal, and it's completely analog, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and that episode, I remember we received a feedback on the um, next episode, which from Doctor Magyar. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's right. Yes. And everything. So that was yeah. I, I I appreciated that too because it went back mm-hmm. to our school and if anybody's you know studying architecture or thinking about studying architecture to feature the the professor that sort of like gave us inspiration and yeah and, and for those knowledge. who aren't yeah and for those who don't who have been following us closely they will uh, uh you know he was the the dean of the school of architecture and very accomplished writer and architect designer mm-hmm. um and uh, do you know where he is now is he, he's in europe now he's, isn't he uh last i thought he was still in kansas state in kansas, kansas state, yeah. yeah kansas state yeah um, i know i did see he, tra- he was traveling through europe this during the holidays, but, yes. Uh, but yeah, he—I believe he's still—he's still the dean over in, in Kansas State, um, and uh, yeah, he's somewhat you would say the unofficial fourth member <laughs> of this yeah. show because he, he does—he does get mentioned quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, maybe he could. Maybe he could send us his most, most recent book. Yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. 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 I'll, I'll I'll reach out to him. Yeah. Yeah, because I know it was a, it was going to come out soon, so I'll reach out. To yes, him. exactly. And yeah, we could do a review of it even. Um, signed copy, uh, hint, hint. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a bunch of his other books that he signed while we were still in school for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> it just reminded me. Uh, the first time I got him to, because, you know, I bought his book and I'm like, oh, Dr. Mario, would you sign it for me? And he signed it and he would date it, right? But he would just write the numbers of the date. So let's say it was, you know, whatever, February 3rd in <laughs> 2001. So he would write out, you know, zero two zero three twenty two two zero zero two. And I looked at him like he just put his registration number on here. Because <laughs> at first I, I didn't, I didn't. Like, he just put his like architecture registration number. Why would he do that? <laughs> oh, it took you a while to realize. Is that it? Like it threw me off. I'm like, what is he? Because there were no dashes, there were no periods, there was nothing. It was just the numbers. I was just like, this is and. Because he's European, he did it backwards too. So I think it was it just the whole thing just threw me off. I was like, "What? What is going on? <laughs> Why are these numbers? The code?" <laughs> like I know. Well, that's funny when you when you write the date right now, like on yeah. a document or a sketch or anything. How do you write it? Uh, I usually put either periods or I'll put dashes in between. But I'll, uh, and I don't usually put the year, so I'll put the the day the day of the month, or the month of the day. <laughs> I just did that backwards again. Yeah. Because oh. yeah. I always put the the day. The month and the year mm-hmm. in that order. So it'll be like like uh, you know, thirty January J A N twenty seventeen. I will put it in that order. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you write something... out January. I well, not the whole thing, just the the three letters J A N. Okay. Yeah, we see, but that's so, how you do it that way. If you were just gonna put numbers, you would put the month first. Yeah, uh, I guess, but I've I've been doing it that way for so long now. It started in the army. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. exact 
format that they want every document to have the date on it. Right. <laughs> and I did it for so many years mm. while I was in that uh, I've just kept doing it. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, you see, just, I guess, because the way m- most of the firms I've worked at, if I was going to put the year, I would put the year first. So I would put 2017 and then mm-hmm. the month, then the day. That's true, they do that. Because too. of the file. Like, that's how I file my all my folders. Like, whatever project I do, I start a new... Hold on, I'm just getting a cat out of the way. <laughs> um, I start a new, whenever I start a new project, I make a folder for it, whether I ever finish it or not. And the folder is dated year first, then month, then day. Huh. Just, just to keep it in order. Um. Yeah, as far as the year, I know I always include the last two digits. Like, I try not to include the entire year. You don't include So, you know, 20. say like 97 or mm-hmm. 11 or 12, or, you know, like just yeah. to the... Yeah. yeah huh. I don't know. I guess just when when we turned from the 1900s to the 2000s, I just got used to putting the first two digits on there, <laughs> even though there's no chance I'm ever gonna confuse 2017 with 1917. Correct. Exactly. Or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Probably not gonna make it to 2097 if you've seen how I eat. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, all right. Well, no, that was that was. I, I forget how we ended up there. <laughs> oh, because we we're talking Analog. about the way Maggie yeah, thinks. Analog. 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 That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, cool. So, um, Rick, what about you? What was your favorite uh, topic of the main topic of the of the year? Uh, the main topic uh, for me was clearly without hands down without question was when projects fail from episode twenty. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was surprised yeah. by that. Why? <laughs> um, because I thought I rem- when we were first talking about doing that show, you were like, "It was not like I ever stopped doing a project. Like if it doesn't go well, I I, I fix it." <laughs> Yeah, but mm-hmm. but but for me the uh, you, you know when a project fails it doesn't mean it's over it means right. now, now you got to rethink it and, mm-hmm. and find another way around because you still got to finish it right. you got to find another way to do it mm-hmm. but uh, for me failure is much more instructive than success right. you learn so much more by failure especially a catastrophic failure mm-hmm. when something happens in a way that you did not anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, it, you learn so much more than than doing something successful a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Because when you do it successful, it doesn't get recorded. You don't remember anything because it was it was nothing special about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if you, for example, if you take a piece of wood and you're gonna make a, a chair or something, and you have the grain running in the wrong direction, well, it's gonna fail on you, mm-hmm. and you have to have enough wherewithal to see why it's gonna fail or why it failed, and then the next time you build a chair, guess what you're not going to be doing? You're not going to be doing it the wrong way, yeah. Right. Like uh, the very first chair I made, you know, now they're on chairs, the very first chair I made, the back, I made it perfectly vertical because I didn't really Mm. think about how much... part of it. Correct, how much angle is in a chair. And if you don't sit and think about a chair really, really closely, you don't realize that the back is not vertical. Mm. Um, and then you make a mistake, you make the chair wrong, you sit in it, yeah, and you're like, whoa, this thing is way uncomfortable. And it is at that point you realize that it is does not have enough angle to it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what happened to me. My first chair was was uh, it, it was beautifully made, you know, with um, mortise and tenon joinery and everything. But I made the, the back too straight, and it was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then every chair I made after that had an angle to it. And usually, it's somewhere between. Uh, 10, maybe 15 degrees, 18 degrees at, at, at the most. 
Mm -hmm. But 10 degrees seems to be like the most comfortable for, for sitting in. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I really like how you said catastrophic failures. Yes. <laughs> like you said that like too. And then you explained it very well, right? Like what do you mean in terms of material use? Like if you, yeah. if you ruin material, then because of a failure like that, then you were not, the likelihood of you making that mistake again is not going to be. You know, Correct. You, you learn from your mistake. Mm -hmm. And I really like that that even in design, in your own design work or your own professional life or even just regular life, right? Having, making things and having catastrophic failures yeah. teaches you a lot about yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think like, that's what I like that, that particular episode too because it, it got me thinking a lot about failure in other realms beyond uh, making and design and how we perceive failures. And that's exactly it. You know, like next time I'm going to say I had a catastrophic failure, but it really won't be that big of a deal. But it's something that will definitely help me in many other, in many other ways. Yeah. I mean, you guys keep talking about cat catastrophic failure. That's a word I can't, I apparently can't say very well. Because <laughs> um, uh, it just brought me right to, I just saw over the weekend or last week or something, the video of that gym collapsing. In, in Europe somewhere because of the snow. Oh, the snow, yeah. Yeah, and uh, um, oh, <laughs> but I get what you guys are saying, and you're not, and you know, again, listen back to the episode, which I think was episode twenty. Um, you're not talking about necessarily that kind of failure. No, right? we're not talking about the right. loss of life catastrophe. <laughs> exactly. No. Um, yeah, but uh, I and I remember back, I remember that episode pretty cool too because I I I think my main part thinking back from that one was, you know, the, the idea of the creative gap, you know, like the, the way you imagine something's going to look, the way it ends up looking and, yes. and where, where failure falls in between that line, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was, that was cool. Well, you know, even, even in my shop now, mm -hmm. the professional shop, you know, we've got right. 15 guys working. Mm -hmm. um, they sometimes make mistakes right. and uh, there is no, well, we have to give up. Or I have to buy another thousand dollar piece of material. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to think about solutions that'll work for the client. And sometimes there's actually just a design mistake. We get drawings in and they're they're designing properly, right. and it doesn't show up until you go to put it together. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of times we don't even tell the customer. We just we know what they want to do, and then we go about and fix it. And it's right. it's their mistake. Once it's all together, we're like, hey, by the way, you have a mistake on the drawings. You need to fix if you're going to do this again. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is no, well, we got to give up now. It's too bad. It doesn't work. Yeah. We just give up. There, exactly. <laughs> that, that's not part of the deal. You got to finish the job. So uh, the the, the uh, failures will, are quite informative. And then we learn from that and, and carry it on to the next time it shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, as, as we said, like for me now that I work at a design build firm, meaning we build our our designed buildings as well you know some of the things that we find out is that certain things we didn't necessarily put in the drawings now we see it on the site and you know certain things on site we you know sometimes when you're designing a building you don't necessarily think exactly how something needs to get built or how you put it up there um but we can without the building collapsing we can figure out how to fix certain things yeah you know and and that's the sort of like yeah we failed at maybe thinking this out at the beginning but it's not like we're gonna leave the building crooked, you know. <laughs> no, of course, it. right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it's the other 
the other uh, topic that this kind of gets me thinking about is the zoning one. Remember the zoning? Oh, yeah. Right? The, the one in Houston. The, the Houston one in zoning. Houston. Mm-hmm. And in terms of failure, like in policy, right, in, in, in design work and architecture work, but the policy part of it, I think because we're designers, we're problem solvers, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a, that's a big part of being a failure, right? That if something failed, then you, that, then you see that as a, as a problem that needs to be resolved, mm-hmm. right? So that you won't do it again, but also just to solve the problem because that's naturally what we do. Mm-hmm. In policy, that's sort of like not the case. It's like you establish the zoning, you establish land use law, you establish all of these policies, but then they don't get reviewed. And some of them fail miserably they fail badly and um then you know like policymakers just keep making the same mistake or like keep making a new law mm-hmm. that will solve that will hopefully uh address the issue but mm-hmm. not really necessarily looking at okay well what about that issue that is it that caused the problem so zoning is a really good example zoning mm-hmm. doesn't work at, in many places and mm-hmm. and it's not something people look at as a failing poli- a failing policy right they just want to continue doing the same mistake mm-hmm. over. Well, they're and just over they're just fixing over. the previous mistake. It's the yeah. It's that episode of The Simpsons where you know they had rats, so they decided to get snakes to to eat the <laughs> yes. rats, yes. and then this the, this then they had a snake problem, so then they got like I think mongooses to eat the snakes or something, and then like their final thing was like, well, we'll just get gorillas to <laughs> to yes. destroy them. And then what about the gorillas? And what the gorillas will freeze in the winter, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> You know, it's that sort of, it just keeps snowballing and you're making one mistake after the other yep. to solve the first mistake. And you yep. got to be aware of that. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Uh, my favorite episode from the past year was uh, was episode 26, where we talked about how we would fix Radio Shack. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I think the, the reason I like this is because I, I, I got pretty into it. Like, I really thought out how I, how I would fix it. And I think it also had to do with the fact that we had met um, at National Maker Fair, which was here in DC. We had met Nick Cannon, who was the who's the the chief creative officer of Radio Shack now. Yeah. And you know this idea of a company wanting to fix itself and its issues and and not just sort of sit and watch it like stubbornly sit there and watch itself disappear. You know, like so many companies have like. Like Kodak Circuit has. City. Yeah, Circuit City, Kodak, all of those companies that just sort of like, no, this is what we do, we're sticking to it, even as times are changing. It, it was, it, it appeals to me, you know, like it, not a lot of companies do that. The companies that are successful do that, you know, the Apples of the world do that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, that way it appealed to me and that's why I got into it. And I, I, I thought it was a pretty good episode where we came up with a lot of ideas and we sort of went back and forth, not just on how we would fix Radio Shack, but on what this sort of electronics store could be now for people you know mm-hmm. yeah and how people relate to it too yeah like, yeah cool yeah and what even what it can do for its community you yeah know? Exactly. so yeah so that was that was an episode i enjoyed that episode 26 yeah you got anything else you want to mention yeah i i like three specific ones and mm-hmm. these are like the top 10 makers mm-hmm. uh on in tv remember oh, that yeah, oh we, yeah we, remember we that. ranked that one, the top yeah. 10 who ended up winning so, I forget who ended up winning though. <laughs> uh, was it Roy Underhill? Might have been. It might have been, yeah, because yeah, been yeah. Tweet at us if you, yeah. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you remember. remember who won. <laughs> listen, listen to it. It's episode twenty-three. Mm-hmm. Then we had, you know, it's basically the ranking episodes. Then we had mm-hmm. the best builder in the animal kingdom. Yes. 
That I thought was really cool. I really mm-hmm. like that. I like that one. I remember who won. That was the the termite. The termites. Termites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert! If you were planning on listening to that, one. <laughs> termites win. And then uh, episode six, the toys that teach making. Yes. I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool too. That's that's another example of those education, mm-hmm. uh, STEM type of uh, yeah pro- um, rankings that we've done, and you know something that you know we we're not educators, right. you know, but. The, we, we combine it with our experiences, right? Mm-hmm. What we, growing up, and I, I really like that one. I think those, so the ranking episodes were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, that last one wasn't specifically a ranking one, but yeah. Yeah, I think we should try and do that more. I think those are also ones that people enjoy because they can see themselves and like, oh, okay, well, how would I rank mm-hmm. those particular things? So Yeah, as a matter of fact, somebody actually commented on that episode uh, via the TV ranking of the TV um, makers. <clears throat> and they uh, they actually pulled up uh, a guy from YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember uh, that. Yeah, DeResta, mm-hmm. who's got a huge channel and very mm-hmm. popular. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I just happened to look it up while you guys were, were discussing it. Mm-hmm. It was Roy Underhill was number one. Oh, cool. And <laughs> in last place was Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Yeah. <laughs> But That's at least he was in the discussion, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And there is a, the spectrum. Yeah. There is quite yeah, wide. Quite wide. <laughs> yeah, we really spanned the level of talent in in that one. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Yeah. I mean, you know what? He is the best of the rapping makers, if you will. <laughs> yeah. He, he may not be the best rapper, but he may be the best maker of amongst rappers. <laughs> He's not necessarily the best rapping maker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, so, much like we do during regular episodes, let's go from the main topic to our favorite product of the week. Yeah. So, people know, if you're listening to this, you probably know that every week we sort of have a product of the week that we talk about that we're not necessarily associated with. Actually, to In fact, to this day, we have yeah. never been associated. Yes. With yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you never know. So. But yeah, full disclosure, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so, yeah, we've yet to be associated with any of them. Um, but, uh, yeah, so let's go through some of our favorite products of the week. Um, I'll start this one off because I think mine's pretty clear. And, uh, and it wasn't that long ago. It was episode 25. But I enjoyed the Slate, which was, which was by a company named... I don't know how you pronounce it. It's, it's I S K N, is the way they, they spell it. But just look. Yeah, up when I saw that, I yeah. thought it was Iskin. Iskin, yeah, maybe. Iskin, yeah. It just doesn't. It don't, I don't know why it doesn't sound right to me. Um, but uh, the Slate is basically it's much like a pen tablet, but it it's a device that lets you that lets you clip a piece of paper to it, and you can draw on top of it. And then that drawing gets transferred to your computer or to any device. It could get transferred to your iPad or whatever. So that way you end up with the hand-drawn work of art, but you also end up with a, a digital representation of it as you're drawing it. So um, I made it pretty clear I, I, back, back then. Actually, I mentioned this, uh, this product many times. I mentioned it during the product of the week. I mentioned it during the Christmas episode and what, what you should buy yourself. So clearly my favorite product of the week is or is the the slate so jose's birthday is coming up yeah and right now this is like <laughs> reinforcing the 
<laughs> like my favorite gift item. <laughs> well, you know, I think, there were, uh, I think you're being too subtle, Jose. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and here's the thing about it, right? Because there were mm-hmm. a couple of products that we looked at that did the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, I forget, I don't remember all their names now. The thing that just happened though is Wacom. I don't know if you guys who's familiar with Wacom, but Wacom is a company. It's sort of the best company that makes pen tablets. Um, yes, has. They and they recently announced their own version of this, and uh, one of the one of the people I follow on YouTube, who's a very talented artist, he got an early one of it so that he's he's testing it out. And it's actually pretty good too. It's similar to the Slate. Um, the thing that I always liked about the Slate is that you can use any pen, as long as you attach a little ring to it. You know, the Wacom one, you have to use their pen. So I don't know. I still haven't purchased one. I want one at some point, but I'm. I'm it's. Somewhat new technology, so I'm still sort of in defense as to what I want to do about it. But, yeah. Mm, cool. Mm. How about you, Ray? What was your favorite product from this past year? Um, it's actually one from uh, a relatively re- recent episode like yours. Uh, it was episode 26. It was the PrintBot, the large format CNC router. Um, and it got my attention because, uh, you know, your typical CNC routers that you can get for your you know, your little home shop that are, you know, affordable, I would, you know, quote unquote affordable, are, in my opinion, almost too small to be usable. They're like the X-Carb I know is a, is a very popular one. Um, they're, they're really just too small to be useful, at least for me. Um, so what I liked about this one is that uh, price range, it was, you know, on, on the upper end, what most uh, home um, makers want to spend, but it allows you to uh, CNC route a, a, a piece of plywood that is four foot by eight foot. I mean, a full sheet of plywood, which is an impressive undertaking for such a small little machine. And uh, it puts, you know, large format routing in the in the hands of, of anyone. If you remember from my shop, the CNC router I have, it will only do a little bit bigger than this. It'll do like a five by 10 or maybe five by 11. And it is a massive machine. I mean, that is a, if you had to go buy a new one, it's probably a $400,000 machine. So uh, now this doesn't have that much X access, but still, uh, I was quite impressed. And, and if I had to pick one product that I'm like, you know what, that was the, the product that that was the most impressive, that if anybody's going to get anything, if you have a little bit of money, this will be the one. And I would I would say that that was got to be my favorite. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a definitely impressive machine. Um I, I was very impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, for me, um, the products uh, specifically came from um, our, our Maker Fairs episodes, mm. right? Because to me, there was, that was, while you can look at a product online and you could, you know, review a video and everything, seeing the product, like, and having, and having discussions with the, with the developers of the product, it's, it, it's, to me, it's priceless. So the Maker Fairs are really important are a really important venue to do that, mm-hmm. to test it out and then to see. And the other thing is how um, open these developers are uh, of these this machines or these products. Uh, some of them are, yeah. I, I, what I, what I, but you have to give them props, you know, mm-hmm. like they're willing to say like, okay, well, this is the information that we have. These mm-hmm. are the problems that we had. Uh, this is what our goals are. And this is what we, we foresee in the future to get this product out. To yeah. And it's understandable when there's certain things they don't want to say because it's proprietary information that 
they don't want out there until the product is released or whatnot. Yeah. And the diversity too, like that was uh, that's something also that I appreciated. So some of so our Make Your Fair episodes were episode ten, episode twenty two, episode twenty one as well. Mm-hmm. We went to the Silver Spring Make Your Fair. We went to the National Make Your Fair. We went to the World Make Your Fair. Um, at the World Make Your Fair, for instance, they had a whole area of Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I mentioned this before in prior episodes that I really appreciated the Kickstarter products and some of them I don't appreciate at all like some of the, the printers right that mm-hmm. you know like completely failed at providing their consumers a product at some point but um, one of the products and I don't think we featured it if I'm not mistaken I don't think we featured it that much uh, was the HandyBot mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's ShopBot tools and the reason why is like they have like the CNC machine uh, portable tool. And every time I've seen it at every single one of the maker fairs, I felt like I that's something I would want to use and I can use because mm-hmm. it's not it's not to the mm-hmm. degree of to the scale that Ray does his work, but I think I would be able to have some fun with those machines because yeah. they're they're portable. They're mm-hmm. they're they're good enough for my smaller hands and <laughs> you know like I won't like. Well, I could still like cut off a finger or two, but you know, at least there's less mm-hmm. likelihood of that. And um, yeah, and there were successes. I mean, you know, like ShopBot tools and the the, the candy pot was, um, it went two, two two times its goal in Kickstarter back in 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, it seems like ages ago, yeah, but that's but, pretty cool. I mean, that's that's what you get into with Kickstarter. Maybe we should do a, a Kickstarter. Um, a Kickstarter episode one of these days, but right, go ahead, continue. Yeah, and then the last one is like Moleskin, for example, like just like what you were saying about the um, uh, what, how do you call the the, the, the one? Yeah, there's no way I'm buying him this, by the way, because I can't even remember <laughs> the name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, clearly must be on its way, right, guys? Yeah, must clearly be on its way. <laughs> but um, when we saw the Moleskin one uh, being used by kids and people over there, I was, or even the the three. 3D printing pen, no, the three, the 3D, the 3D pen. pen yeah. That was a big failure <laughs> when we saw it, like when we saw it used by kids at the fairs, and um, so I appreciated that 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 kind of makes makes your case right for me purchasing a slate in the future. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that's cool. Yeah, and if you definitely love the pro- the the different products that we talk about, I think. Can you can you give the rundown of what episodes were for the maker fairs that way people because those are usually heavy on products. Yeah, so it was uh, episode ten, episode twenty one, and episode twenty two. Yep. And we also have videos. Both Ray and his YouTube channel and Jose have placed the uh, videos of of the maker fair, mm-hmm. and when you know when we're talking to the to the product developers, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'll say this um, for me as a, the sort of the last product. Favorite product of the week. The, the runner up for me was the Wazer. Uh, oh, if yeah. You guys remember it's So yep. it's the tabletop water jet machine. Um, and we uh, we also got to meet them, those guys, at the the National Maker, no, World Maker Fair in New York City. Um, but that was also a very impressive machine to for them to be making. So, so I give them a uh, honorable mention as favorite product in the past year. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, when when we were talking to them, uh, I had a bunch of questions, and they had a couple of proprietary uh, bits that they did not want to discuss, yeah. uh, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they uh, I was quite impressed with 
with the fact that they were able to take such an industrial machine and scale it down to um, proportions and cost, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. that uh, what I would think would be quote unquote affordable. And it's funny, you know, when, when I, I know when I say that something's affordable and it's like $3,000, um, it's, it's a matter of perspective. A, a good table saw, if you're going to go and get a very good, like a Delta Unisaw or something like, like that, a, a high-quality saw or, or a joint or something like that, the Delta Unisaw, you're probably not going to touch it for less than $2,000. Mm. But it is a high-quality saw. So, you know, when I say these things are affordable, even though they're 3000 or in the case of uh, the Wazer, I think the Wazer is, is maybe close to 6000 now. Um, uh, you know, it's a matter of perspective. A full-blown water jet like I have is, you know, three to $400,000. So a $6,000 water jet is affordable by comparison. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and portable, and it sort of goes on with the, I guess, the miniaturization of, uh, of manufacturing to a degree. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would add, because I think products are a really uh, big part of making, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because tools, tools are just really important and yeah. um you'll you, i i think you guys are going to be surprised about this but i thought you guys were going to talk about the um precious plastic plastics mm-hmm. yes uh, uh episode and in you know the machines that are involved in that but then one that i really appreciated more for the educational value that i like what i what i took from away from it was the vacuum pouring machine it's that oh, yeah. tiny mm-hmm. little machine yeah. um, that looks like a sandwich maker in my in my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it could. It, it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's like a panini press. It's like a panini me. press, exactly. And that's and that's yeah. how I started because uh, I was like, "What is this thing?" <laughs> and I and I had to go and I ended up because of this tiny little machine. I ended up going on YouTube. I checked on Google. I I like saw a a um, online presentation of what what is vacuum forming because <laughs> mm. i i got really interested in that and um yeah so i may not be an expert at vacuum forming mm. now uh but it's i think that was one of the benefits of of us featuring products like that yeah yeah cool all right so this is what we got to do right because i've been wanting to to make myself a vacuum former anyways so i think okay. this this next year we should all get together and make a, a, a small ish vacuum former and yeah. then Claudia's got to come up with a project where she can use it. There you go. Well, you know, I have a vacuum former that I started building that is about 80% finished. Yeah, but I remember, because it's in the basement, right? It's in my basement, yeah. It's in yeah. your basement. I, I think it's probably a little bit bigger than something that we want to have here. Because yeah, and it's a steel frame yeah, unit, too. Yeah, and yeah, so I, I think maybe we could do both. We could, you know, go down there, finish the one that you, you are you halfway through it, probably? Uh, yeah, the uh, the frame is done. Um, I have I already made the vacuum table itself, which is mm-hmm. one that I did for the prototyping stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the prototyping stage, I just uh, I made a, a box and I drilled some holes in it, mm-hmm. and I uh, I heated the plastic up in the in the kitchen oven. Yeah, and then I used a regular um, uh, uh, shop vac, mm-hmm. and it worked. Uh, it worked fantastic, honestly. Mm-hmm. So since then, I, I made the steel frame. I've got a industrial heating element that runs on, on 220 um, electricity, so I don't have to stick it in my oven anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, I've got a vacuum pump and tank, and I've got all the valving. I just have to do the final assembly, basically, and the final wiring. Yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe that's what we do. Maybe we get together, we, we help you finish yours with any kind of assembly you need, and then we make a, we make a I think for Claudia we could just start with just the table and she, and she could heat it up heat it up on like a on like a table oven or something. <laughs> she doesn't need to have the, the full on A toaster thing. oven you mean. Yeah, like a toaster <laughs> oven. Like a, yeah. But you know the, the, the front loading toaster oven things, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so maybe that's a project that we could do this year and then she'll come up with a project to use to use it for. Yeah. So maybe you come up with a project first so we know how big to make it. Okay. Alright, um, we'll do that. Which again another smooth transition into talking about our favorite projects from this past year. Huh? Look, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I figured, you know, we often talk about what are we working on, what have we been doing, you know. I figured we would just sort of, you know, give a quick talk about what from the past year, some of the projects that we've done that are our favorite projects. Good coffee. Um, so who who would like to go first with one of their favorite projects from this past year? How about, uh, how about you, Ray? Yeah, Claudia. No, Claudia. Oh, I me? I'll yeah. oh, say, yeah, hers is right on the list, so I figured she'd yeah. go ahead and start. No, yeah, why don't you go first, Claudia? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of projects, even... Towards the end of the year, we we featured our, our holiday pro our projects that we've done before, and I really liked those. I think that was like um, topical to you know what people could use and, and try to get ideas from them. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as the the specific projects, I really liked our our um, competition that we had as far as the lamp the lamp competition. Mm -hmm. That was really cool, and um, and not you know. And, not seeing the end result of that mm -hmm. that was uh, a really cool project and, and it obviously Ray's is like it rocked <laughs> like mm -hmm. his lamp was just so amazing yeah. and um yeah so I like the lamp the lamp build off challenge that mm -hmm. we had then other ones is um personally here in the house like projects that we work that Jose has been working on throughout the the season of the episode you know like mm -hmm. uh, is the the um, locker that we have in the house, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, because storage is always a space, uh, an issue, and we moved, and you know, we shared a lot of our, our how, how those projects come about, or mm -hmm. what are those needs, and I've always, like, throughout the whole time, this time I've been talking about how most of the projects come from a need, from my, in my perspective, they come from a, a specific need that you have, mm -hmm. some of them are, you know, like, just something that you want to do for yourself, but yeah. an artistic endeavor, or something like that, or, but, um, you know, we really needed a closet space, and I the the fact that you put it together and we have it here and yeah, so you're it. talking about converting the the lockers into a uh, a closet, a closet, a closet, or, closet or, like yeah. a winter. Yeah, because on that floor you don't really have a closet, just the right. area under the stairs. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, it, cool. and and also the other thing is these projects that um are upcycling mm -hmm. materials, right? There's a recycle. Uh, aspect of it and, and I think we I, I think in this whole entire opposite, uh, episode we haven't really talked about the environmental factors and all of mm -hmm. all of what we've been talking about and there's always in, in every episode or at least most of the episodes we've had some type of discussion about the environmental mm -hmm. impact um, or the benefits that can come from yeah, I, yeah I would say much like how Ikea runs throughout the entire show so has the the environmental impact of a lot of things, and I guess, been a, to a topic that runs through a lot of the episodes of the show. Yeah, mm -hmm, like yeah. yeah, how to recycle the plastic that mm -hmm. you know you use in a three D printer. We talked mm -hmm. a lot about those and solar yeah. panels, even. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. 
What about you, Ray? What was uh, out of because you work on a lot of projects throughout the year? But out of all the projects you've worked on, what is your first, top two? Let's say, or your, one of your favorite projects? You know, that's a that's a very interesting question because when I think about you know my own personal projects, and then I think about the projects at work, and then of course you know I started my YouTube channel mm-hmm. as a project as well. Um, yeah. At the end of January, January thirtieth, I think. Mm-hmm. Is it the 30th or even the 31st? I'm not sure. Was the day that I started my YouTube channel. So it's coming very close. Almost a year. year. It's almost a year. And um, I don't know if I can call my YouTube channel one of my most favorite projects, but it's definitely the most active because, uh, you know, when I work on a project, the project comes and goes, but the YouTube project is still continuing. I keep putting, Mm. having to work on it. And I've reached almost six thousand subscribers in in a year. Um, I, I broke one. In, yeah. yeah, almost a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah, no, I think that definitely counts as a project. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and part of me is kind of kind of uh, split because while it's interesting to document my projects, because that's really what it's what I'm doing is documenting my projects and maybe mm-hmm. putting them out there so people can um, not only observe but maybe learn or become inspired. And and it has done that. I've gotten a lot of messages. Uh, of, of inspiration that, that people find in my videos mm-hmm. and that have decided to undertake uh, some, you know, my project as their project. And so it's provided a an impetus of motivation. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that regard, I, I, I got to say that probably my YouTube project, even though it's not, it alone is not a making project, it's more like a documenting mm-hmm. um, feature, uh, would probably be, at least maybe second place. I would I would mm-hmm. put it at second place, um, and then first place. If I ha- it's so hard to pick one single project, but the boat build has been a very, yeah. very interesting project. Starting from scratch without any mm-hmm. plans, without any molds, without any mm-hmm. frames. I mean, just uh, taking a few pieces of wood and putting a bend in it and start making a boat out of it. Um, personally, I would say that that one is probably uh, one of my favorites on a personal level. Mm-hmm. Because as you know, you know we were from Florida. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. That's full of canals. Mm-hmm. And when I was living there, I wanted a little tiny boat that I could cruise the canals with. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm not living there and I've mm-hmm. got time and space and tools, mm-hmm. um, I can build it. But the, <laughs> the two places are disconnected now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I probably uh, maybe maybe between those two things, I would say yeah. there, there may be tied. Very cool. No, I like it. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, and it's been like something that you've done for like as long as, long as I've known you, and like the the, boat, the, boat the making. Yeah, the yeah. boats. And in did you see the first boat? The yeah. did you ever see that one? The, the pan, pontoon the one. The one. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and in its in its uh, setting. When I was building. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and and in Florida, yeah. you know, and <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale, which is I think you were completely right. I mean, just seeing that, and then also like just you know walk into your house. And there's a big boat in the middle of the, of the living room. It's not the there anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's not there anymore. It's like, yeah, to me, you know, most people are like, what is happening? And I was just like, yeah, this is right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. This is just perfectly this fine. This is normal. This yeah. is normal. There is some stuff that's wrong with it because yeah. I would have issues. <laughs> but Well, you know what? When I, I annexed the living room, I didn't ask to do it. I just, I just started building the boat in it. <laughs> and my reasoning is, my wife is you've got all these other rooms that are yours 
Uh, I just want one room. Let me just have this one room to build a boat in. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked the living room. <laughs> well, it was more of the family room, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that made it the, better. Uh, the library is... is yeah. uh, she spends a lot of time in the library. In the library part. Okay, yeah. No, 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 you're right. Yeah, that is more of the library than than the, than the living room. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I still laugh about the boat being in the... <laughs> Because even, even Jennifer had resigned herself to, yeah, it's just kind of here now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know what's yeah. even best? The yeah. best thing is that I had her, the initial uh, building I had to do on a flat surface so I did it in here. Mm-hmm. She helped me carry it outside so I can put the plywood on and then carry it back inside. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know someone loves you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh... Awesome. You guys saw the floating video, right? When I yeah. Yes. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It floats very nicely. I just got to finish it. I'm going to put a deck on it. It's going to be like a runabout kind of mm. style. Boat. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. No, no. I'm interested to see that deck because that, that's a little bit harder for me to pick the picture. Because um, I just always thought it'd be one of those that you'd sit inside of. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be sitting inside of it, but it has on the front and on the back, it's going to be covered uh, in deck. Okay. So you'll be, you kind of gotcha. have like a platform around you. Yeah, okay, 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 I get it. I thought you were going to put a full-on deck somehow. Oh, no, you. I wouldn't stand that high. Your uh, your right. center of gravity would be too high. You flip it right over. Yeah, okay, okay. Not, okay, then I do understand what you mean. Cool. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, yeah, so for me, I, I think... And, and I put this on here because I sort of worked on it for a while. Um, but it's the, the little Dalek kit that I made. Um, oh, yeah. Out of, out of wood or whatever. Um, and I put it on here mostly because it's, you know... I, at the end of the day, like, I, I feel like I'm a designer at heart, and this is one of those things that, like, trying to design something to put together like this, it was just, it was fun, it it took me longer than normal, because I would work on it, and I would go away from it, and I would work back on it, you know, and, and try it, and measure, and things like that, and, but uh, at the end of the day, I thought it turned out pretty cool, and I liked it, so, yeah, so that's what I have, it's the, the kit I made, it's one of the, basically, those wood puzzles that you put together for, but it's for a Dalek from Doctor Who, mm-hmm. so... That's one of that's probably my favorite project that I worked on this past year. You know, yeah. yeah. And most people don't see this, but I, I get to see it on a daily basis. That, um, you know, whenever we'll go to any to an event or like a meeting, a, a session, anything that we're out and about, Jose takes a sketchbook with him, mm-hmm. and he's drawing up these, you know, these projects from the, from the ground. And you know, like you know, I'm like, well, why are you taking all that stuff? And you're like, oh, well, I'm just gonna be sitting there mm-hmm. listening to something. I can also, you know, work on. On my project, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, the project starts at the design process. Yeah, so. yeah, and I think the unfortunate thing with that is that I, I draw a lot of things that just never see the light of day because it's just like things I'm thinking about. So, um, like one of the things I'm going to mention when we get to what we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so cool. So that's kind of our. Unless you guys have anything else, that's kind of our year on review for the the show the past year. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was we did quite a bit. I'm surprised yeah. we got that many episodes in. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and it's really only half the year. So, I think when we do this again next year, it'll be interesting to see. It will, I think it'll be harder one because there'll be so much more stuff to choose from. But it'll be interesting to see how many how many things we come out with. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I, that you know what that brings me up uh, uh, to a question. Mm-hmm. We had our first famous annual challenge. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Are we gonna are we gonna repeat the the uh, second 
famous annual challenge. Yeah, the the second annual world famous <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, I think we definitely should. I, I think we got to figure out whether it whether we do another lamp, it's like whether it's always a lamp challenge or whether we do something different. But yeah, I think we could come up with something. Yeah, I, I think since it's gonna be a longer period of time, I think we should do two this year. One one each half of the year or something maybe. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. And you know, but you know what'll be interesting though is maybe if if in in this time instead of uh, being open ended, maybe we put a few restrictions on it, like you know, only out of recycled materials or only out of cardboard or you know, some other some other kind of uh, I don't know if I don't rules wouldn't be the the name I, the word I would use, but I, I would say some kind of. Um, yeah, the restrictions. Criteria. Yeah. Yeah, the criteria. Yeah, yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. we. I think we should definitely think of it, come up with stuff, and and we 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 do something. Yeah. Yeah. And sounds then good. feature it in in the maker fairs too, which yeah. is because you know, at the maker fairs there's there's STEM educators, there's kids, mm-hmm. and you know like going through the problem solving of creating mm-hmm. of. Uh, a pro- uh, yeah, like working on a project, creating a product, or and challenging each other, and like basically like competing uh, in a very healthy way is awesome to to show. Yeah, so I think maybe this is what we do. So let's come up with a few ideas over the next week or so, and uh, and we'll talk about it off air, and we'll maybe, yeah. or maybe we maybe we make an episode of it of us yeah. trying to figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna make and, and how we're gonna do it. Yeah, and suggestions from um from the from our listeners too. Yeah, yeah. Great. Because I would like to at least one of them, let's say we do two or we only do one, one of them for us to announce it far enough ahead of time that some of the listeners could also make their own. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, we'll plan it out. And of course, yeah, because here's the thing I think if we put some restrictions or some criteria, uh, I won't, you know, you don't have access to a water jet except through me, but I can go kill whatever <laughs> I want. That's true. <laughs> right. You know? So, uh, by by putting some kind of criteria on it, we, it keeps like the the, the mm-hmm. field kind of level, and we can see how we approach yeah. the same yeah. problem. Cool, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think it needs to involve knitting. Symbol, <laughs> knitting. Yeah, knitting. Oh, knitting. <laughs> I, I, yes, Baking. I may have like an upper hand on that one. <laughs> oh, wait, if that if we're putting, yeah. we, then maybe we need to do something that include that that includes a vast knowledge of Star Wars. <laughs> Why don't we do that? <laughs> Yeah, let's let's really swing it in our favor. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you talk about Star Wars, that uh, that little R two D two metal model kit you did. Oh yeah, uh, that was an interesting build. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, what I had one, uh, yeah, I had a similar kit. I I, I really do not like those kits. Right? <laughs> it's not. In, I like the way it looks. Right. But putting it together is so difficult if you have hands bigger than a ten year old yeah. kid. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And like when I started, I'm like, oh, this is gonna take me like 30 minutes. Three hours later, I'm like, my hands are hurting. <laughs> it's done. Yeah, it yeah. looks good. But I'm like, man, this was harder than I thought it was gonna be. <laughs> yeah. And it's mostly because the pieces are so small. So, yeah. yeah. And I had a hard time getting it out of the the plate. <laughs> I did without damaging the parts. Yeah, I did at first too, but then I, I got an exact enough. I was just cutting them. <laughs> ah, I, was, I didn't think about. Yeah, that. I was able to cut it with an exacto knife after. after after like the first one, you're bending and bending. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna ruin this part. So I just went and got an exacto yeah. knife. 
and started cutting them. That's yeah. hilarious. But yeah, the little kids and uh, yeah, if people don't know, they go check out the YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, and you'll see I did an art two one. You the, you did one from which? Uh, I did a penny farthing. Penny farthing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll show I'll show you what it yeah. is. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, cool. The, the yeah, old that's... school bicycles, yeah. 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 Cool. That, that one looks really <laughs> difficult. Yeah, those... yeah, yeah, I had a hell of a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and if people want to watch me suffer through it, I have two more that I'm going to do at some point. So people will have plenty well, of Well, suffering's chance. good. I think people yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get plenty of chance to do that. Um, which leads me to our next segment. So that, yeah, so that's our main topic this this week, which was you know, the review of the past year. But uh, let's go on to our next segment, which is going to be, what are we working on? All right, so since we've been away for a little bit, I think that what are we working on could get quite long. So yeah, why don't we each sort of give a review to people of what we've been working on. Uh, you want to go first, Ray? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, I've been... I've been quite busy with a few things. Um, the shop has been extremely busy, but uh, uh, most recently I did some custom laser engraved coasters for yeah. the podcast. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So yeah. I did uh, I did three uh, because why make more than you need? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, I did uh, one for me and one for each of you guys, so you guys will have two of those. Um, and then I put a video of that, of how I did it, and uh, we can, I guess you'll put a link in the, uh, in the description so people yep. can see it. Yep. Um, but yeah, all you need to do is uh, go to your handy-dandy water jet mm-hmm. and cut yourself a square with out of anodized, black anodized aluminum, which I'm sure everyone has lying around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, go find the laser, like I did. Uh, I just happened to stumble across a laser there. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> and just laser engrave it. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, everyday kind of stuff. Anybody could do that. Anybody could Anybody do, that. do that, yeah. Yeah. Those people that are saying, I can't do that, well, that's just quitter talk. That is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was the most recent thing. Um, and uh, still been working on my vertical lathe. Um, yeah. I got some parts in for the, uh, the articulating arm. Mm-hmm. So that'll be kind of interesting. I, I'm hoping to have it finished and cutting wood probably in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got lucky that another uh, YouTuber, actually, um, a part of a uh, of a maker group that I belong to that is called I Like to Make Stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put it out there that I was looking for a motor, and he had a motor, and just you know I just paid for the shipping, and he shipped me a motor. Oh, very cool. So I've got to mount that, and uh, yeah, I was I was quite uh, thrilled about it. Didn't have to go looking for one. He had a motor. It's a three-quarter horsepower, and it has built-in two speeds. So in the okay. wiring, the way I wire it, I can just wire it for two speeds, high speed and low speed. Nice. Very cool. So that means that I don't have to have step pulleys or any gear changes or anything. So what was going to be a one-speed, you know, low-speed kind of thing is now two speeds. Mm-hmm. Are you going to have a control panel similarly to what your reg- your bowl lathe has? Uh, it'll be similar. It won't be exact because it won't be variable speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but I will in the wiring itself I will wire it so I can go from high speed to low, to low speed. speed. Um, and for anybody thinking, it, high speed is maybe two hundred RPM. I mean mm-hmm. that's high speed. It's very yeah. slow yeah. because the idea of the vertical lathe is you can put big heavy pieces so you have a large diameter. And when you think of uh, you know the circumference spinning around, 
you really can't go very fast or you'll burn up the tools as you try to cut it. Mm. it, it uh, you can go too fast. So it's going to have live tooling on it. It'll have a router that will do most of the carving. And the whole function of it is to uh, take big raw pieces of wood and make them into more manageable shapes and sizes, do like preliminary hollowing, mm -hmm. set it aside, and then go on to the main bowl lathe. Yeah. That's the, the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, I really want to see how you work with this guy because, you know, I, I, the way I'm always used to seeing the lathe, you know, it, it could easily be that the way you're making something makes it like <laughs> unstable or like collapse on itself or, you know, you've yeah. you got to work from the top down, I, I take it, right? So uh, Not necessarily, yeah. um, but you do have to work, you know, on one side and then flip around to the other. So one of the problems I'm going to have to resolve because uh, nobody makes this kind of lathe for woodworking. It does not exist. Nobody's done it. doesn't for metalworking. It exists, but not this small. In fact, you probably remember the vertical lathe I got in the shop. It is about 16 feet tall. It's it's huge. So it's the same concept, only reduced down to, uh, I, would, I would say, the home user's size because it is so small. Um, so since nobody else has done it, uh, I'm going to have to figure out a few things. And one of the most important things is how to hold on to a piece of wood while, it, while it's on there. So i got to figure out the work holding issue. Nice. Cool. I think that's something yeah. to really look forward to. Yeah. Cool, yep. And of course, I got to finish up that boat. Yes. yes. <laughs> I want to finish it up for, for springtime. It's yes. already painted. I don't know if you saw the painted. I did. I saw the painted. Yeah. So, yeah, I just got to finish the deck and finish the paint, and then it's ready for water. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, I see Claudia seems to be getting ready what she's working on, so maybe I'll go while you think about it. Is that is that what's happening over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing, I'm throwing it all out there. And the, I'm not editing. No this secrets out. here. No, I'm not editing this out. This thing. In. All so, right. So I'll go <laughs> while Claudia thinks about what she's working on. Um, I uh, was. Well, so I've been working on a. I'll just say what it is. Uh, I'm almost done with it, but I've been working on uh, a battering. I don't actually. And then the the more I say it, the more that it makes less sense why they call it a battering because it's not like it comes back to him. Um, yeah, yeah, from this is so it's Batman's. I would really call it Batman's Ninja Batman Star or whatever. Um, so I, I 3D printed, sort of. Uh, I 3D printed it and then I've been sanding it. The sanding is what's held me up because it should have been done much quicker. But I'm trying to sand it fairly smooth. So do you have it there? Is that in front of you right now? Do I have it? Here? Right there. Yeah. Yeah, I like to see it. Is it oh, right I, I don't have it right in front of me, but uh, I'll, oh, okay. I'll grab it while Claudia talks about her, uh, her what she's working on. I'll go grab it so you, I can show it to you. Uh, it's accurate to the new movies, is what I was trying to do. Um, so yeah, I've, I've been working on. I painted it. I, I thought I was it was pretty smooth, so I painted it with the finished paint, and then I was like, all of a sudden there are the bumps, <laughs> you know. So oh yeah, they they show up like that. Yeah, so I've got a. It's interesting because it, it sort of goes through the finishing process of a 3D print. Um, you know, when it comes out, sort of very, you see all the steps and everything. So I'm, I'm finishing it. So it, when you look at it, you wouldn't be able to tell it's a 3D print, you know. Uh -huh. So that, that's the goal with that. And hopefully that'll be done here the next day or so. Now, is uh, that kind of like the spinner that I made? Is that shape or a different shape? Uh, so it's similar to that shape. That is the more the the sh the, the spinner is sort of the more traditional Batman logo shape. Yeah. Um, the new movies have like this more I guess new era type shape to his logo and to the 
and to the batter ranks as well. Um, huh. Sounds like um, maybe I, that'll make a good spinner too. Yeah, yeah, I can send you the because sh- I traced out the shape in AutoCAD, I believe, so that way I can send it to you, and you you could try making a spinner out of it. That'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, and the other thing that I've been working on, it's uh, I put a video up um, of I don't know if you guys remember this. In one of the previous episodes, I talked about uh, when we were going back and forth on a, on a topic. I said, "Oh yeah, you let's play let's play ping pong with this." With this, and I said, like, I think we had a three-person ping pong table. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. So I did a design of a three-person ping pong table. I did some renderings, and I, I had that up. I saw the video. I haven't watched the whole video, but I saw it when it popped up. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a quick. I'm you know, have to watch it. Yeah. It's one of the things like I was just talking about that I'll sit down and I'll do a bunch of sketches of an idea that comes up, and I was like, oh, let me just draw what that would look like. And most of the times, it just stays in the sketchbook, but. I was thinking, like, hey, let me start putting some of that stuff out there. Things that I'm thinking of, but I'm, I won't ever necessarily build, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's what I've been working on. Um, I guess the other thing I'll mention is that I have done some, uh, um, not necessarily. What's the word I'm looking for, Claudia? When uh, some when I when I yelled at what's his name? Ah, <laughs> um, uh, advocacy. Yeah, some advocacy. Um, and not so much mentioning that, but I think the thing that I'm going to take on here in D.C. Um, as an architect, uh, the talk has begun to tear down RFK Stadium. Um, and unless you're from D.C., maybe you're not that familiar with RFK Stadium, named after Robert Kennedy, you know, John F. Kennedy's brother. Um, you're probably not that familiar with RFK unless you're from the D.C. area. But it's one of those buildings that everybody's very dismissive of and very much feel that it should be torn down and it's ugly and it's, you know, <clears throat> all this thing. But I, maybe it's just me, I see the historic nature of the building <clears throat> and I think it's worth preserving. So, I don't know, I'm still figuring that out. But, you know, I've gone to one meeting where they started talking about the redevelopment of that area and uh, <clears throat> I could not get my, and I could not get an answer as to whether they've thought about preserving RFK Stadium or even looked at it from a historic point of view. I mean, we're talking about a stadium that has hosted so many presidents, uh, including John F. Kennedy, you know, so I don't know, it's one of those things that I'm also working on. And it's a brutalist, it, it has that brutalist look. It is, it's sort of that brutalist aesthetic to it. Um, I think it's, I think it's quite beautiful, the stadium, you know, but I, I look at it from a different appreciation than others, I understand, so. Yeah. You know, I also really enjoy brutalist architecture while I know a lot of people don't. So, anyway, <laughs> that is what I've been working on. What about you, Claudia? Well, as Jose calls advocacy, yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, one of the things that I've been doing is, uh, that's why I was taking notes, is because it's uh, making, but making policy, which is not something tangible, but leads to, it can lead to tangible products uh, and products for the community community products and um, uh, even economic growth so like I've been working a lot on um, policy writing at the community level so that's been that's that's going to be something that I'm going to be working on in the next month or so and it's not just on uh, I guess because because I do environmental work it's not just environmental policy work uh, which there's a lot of work uh, 
to be done here in the district on that area, but also immigrant rights as a whole. So it's been it's been quite a, a, a different path, uh, but it's the equity path of our um, of our mission or not a mission or a vision for this podcast, I guess. And the other stuff that I'm working on is um, I'm putting together and I actually it's it's one of those things that you have as a maker and when you're working on projects, deadlines, you know, like come at you, you know, they're coming and you know, they're there and you end up working last minute on it. <laughs> it's just, just a typical thing, right? So there's yeah. two, <laughs> yeah, and even in policy or in um, community-based work, there's two grants that I'm working on. There's a grant that I'm working on and uh, two projects that I have been approached to to, um, to participate in. And it, the, the, the grant is for uh, storm community-oriented projects and it's stormwater solutions for communities. So I'm going to be working on community gardens for a uh, for a the PT PTO of a um, PTO uh, which is a nonprofit organization which uh, as opposed to a PTA mm. uh, which is um, you know the Parent Teacher Association. So this this community is so empowered that they decided we're not going to do a PTA. We're going to do a PTO. We're going to be a nonprofit and we're going to advocate for exactly what we want. So yeah, they they want to use this grant that's that is available by the city. Uh, the Department of Energy here in the, in the uh, Department of Energy and Environment uh, here in the District of Columbia, and um, yeah, so I'm going to be looking at vegetation infiltration, uh, tying things to social indicators for the school for the community specifically, and something that we haven't really seen before is something that's really important because there's just, there's an education component to this grant to this grant, and really making it a STEM um, project right and how can the making movement be part of this uh, stormwater solutions or this community um, community based solutions as well and how you know maybe the use of upcycling materials this is all about um, urban gardens and how can we use the making movement making move, movement in the food systems you know uh, upcycling of materials that's already been you know like a, a fact so what's the next thing that we can do? So, yeah, so I'm always looking at that type of work. And I, those two um, grants are due next week. Cool. You know, so. You're going to be busy. I'm going to be very busy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Cool, cool. All right, well, yeah, so that's what we've been working on. Um, that's also going to be the end of the show. <laughs> um, let's just very quickly... Uh, when it makes sense, so we're gonna be we're gonna be trying to make a couple of maker fairs. I know last year we went to three. We may go to a few more this year, maybe as much as five. <clears throat> um, one of the ones that we're gonna be going to that we've already been um, approved, I guess is the word, or we've already signed up for selected. is selected. Selected, yeah, is gonna be uh, the Nova Maker Fair here in uh, Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia, the Reston area. Yeah, and the dates for those escape me now all of a sudden. Um, even though we were just March talking March 19th? About, yeah, March 19th. Um, so yeah, you know, I'll put a link on the description. People just check it out. If you can make it to that, we'll, we'll be there with the show. So hopefully we see you all there. And as others come up, we'll let you guys know ahead of time. Yeah, and follow us on, um, on Facebook mm-hmm. and Twitter. Um, because I'll be posting um, most of the information that's provided for the Maker Fair in uh, Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And it's a mini Maker Fair. A mini, but this is a large area, right? Um, in the suburbs here in the in the region, so really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, so yeah, so I think that's the show. I think next week 
uh, our plan is we'll, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about it, the, the White Rabbit Project is a new TV show that has uh, Tori Grant and Carrie, who used to be the co-host of the Mythbusters, they started their own show. So I think if anybody wants to watch along with us, we're going to watch the first five episodes. There's ten episodes total, so we figured we'd watch the first five episodes. And then we'll talk about it or do a review of those five episodes. So if you're going to listen next week, maybe you want to check them out. It's on Netflix. All ten episodes are up already. Um, so that'll be next week. You know, that way we don't spoil the first five episodes for you. And uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's the show. Why don't we tell everybody real quick uh, where they can find out more about each other. Ah, you can uh, look me up and uh, at Twitter on Twitter DC Barrigan, um, or at the City Ecologist, uh, and that's also the same thing for the website cityecologist.com. Mm-hmm. Ray, uh, yeah, you can find me on my Facebook um, group called Homemade Lathe, where uh, we discuss and share uh, ideas and concepts for building a, a a lathe at home, or my YouTube channel. If you search Ray Pena. Uh, or there'll be a link in the uh, in the comments of this uh, this podcast. Um, but you, if you search Ray Payne, you'll find my my uh, YouTube channel very easily. Yeah, yeah, cool. And uh, and I'm at City Aperture on Twitter and pretty much any social media that you can think of. You'll find me at City Aperture. So cool. And uh, that's the show. Thanks everybody for listening. I think we're glad to be back, and we look forward to. Uh, a year of more shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Bye. All right, bye.